Okay, so what a blessing. Honestly, it's been such a blessing. What do I say is a blessing? I must say, the thing that's a blessing for me right now is that, well, as you might know, if you've been listening to some of the other podcasts, oh goodness, I've been on a journey to just get a little bit more familiar with what is, I guess what some would call like my truest truth, right? Just like my, you know, where my body actually is, where my spirit is, where my emotion is, where my mental state is, all of that kind of stuff. And just seeing them all spot on as they are and being present with that, right? Like, I've been on such a journey of just like finding myself, you know? Like, it it seems like it could probably be an easy journey for some people that might have you know, possibly been raised in an environment that might have been somewhat more perfect than mine, right? Where they might have had the nurturing and attachment and the that, like, feeling of, like, connected togetherness, like, maybe from the time they were born, you know? Like, but for me, someone like me, who felt like for the most of my life, I've just been very detached from truth and from just, like, honoring real rhythms of like me as being a human being but also an eternal being and those kinds of things so it's been an interesting journey for me to just like find that finding myself and as I've been journeying through doing that kind of stuff it's been really good for me to just do it pace by pace right little bit by little bit I think I think that for me it's been quite a journey of everything right and I feel like the the height of my ability to be able to get there right now is kind of just like springing forth because I just came out of what I'm now learning was my inner winter right the days like for example day 26 to day 5 kind of of my cycle my feminine cycle so I'm on day 5 currently So as I'm coming out of that, apparently, as I've been learning about, you know, this knowledge passed down from generation to generation about the women's feminine cycle is that after the inner winter, then there becomes that inner spring that happens, right? Where a woman will tend to feel a little bit more energetic because they've been taking the time to restore and taking the time to hibernate and that kind of thing. And just getting into that state of being where they can just feel a little bit more curious, a little bit more wondering, a little bit more um, excited about spring, right? About excited about new things. And and I just feel like I'm just so much more on schedule with myself lately. You know, like I've always wondered why I always feel this sense of like not feeling punctual, not feeling punctual, and just feeling like. Um, like I'm just not connected with my time. Um, but for right now, I'm just so glad that I can just finally get into that space of feeling like it's happening. And like I'm finally getting into that place where it's like, oh, I kinda, I kinda know what it feels like to be on time, right? And, not, and I'm not talking about clock time, I'm talking about my forecast, I'm talking about my feminine cycle kind of time, like my, Um, my clock, my inner clock, right? And so I just feel so grateful um, to be kind of delving into that world 
and just getting so much more in tune with, oh, well, I wonder what I could do so that I could take advantage of this great blessing that I have, right? As I'm taking the time to reflect, it makes me think about everything, right? It makes me think about, oh, well, so now what, right? Like, it's like, where, what has happened in my life that has brought me to this point in my life where I can just access the blessings of feeling this level of like groundedness, right? Maybe a little bit had to do with my just having completed another somatic yoga session where it was all about the neck, right? So I'm op totally opening that part of my body that also is connected with like the throat chakra energy center in the body, which allows for a person to tap into their, just their voice, right? Just their honest voice. Um, and so that's been really fun to just do that. I really appreciate all that somatic yoga has to offer because it's different than any other kind of yoga. Oh my goodness. I've done a whole bunch of different kinds. I think somatics is probably one of my favorites. One of my favorites because, so the thing with yoga is that when, for my, my experience anyways, in my journey popping into it, so when I first started yoga, I started out with a lot of like Ayur, not Ayur, uh, Ashtanga kind of yoga. So that's very much lots of power yoga, lots of active, athletic kind of yoga, right? Fast movements, um, similar routines every time, almost like very structured and very powerful. So I did a lot of that and you know, that's all I knew for a long time until I basically popped into a yoga teacher training, basically. And then as I popped into this yoga teacher training, it just so happened that I was also, um, I was also in a place where my body was changing. And so I was learning to adapt to this changing body. So it was the perfect time for me to start transitioning into a very Hatha yoga focus um, in my practice. And that was really a spot on thing. <sighs> You're just taking a little baby. You like when mama's here? Okay. Um, so then it was a spot on time for me to be accessing that kind of yoga because then it was like, oh, well, my body is constantly changing every day because it's pregnant for the first time. So it's a perfect time for me to be accessing this training and this, this opportunity for me to be um, doing the Hatha yoga and, and also learning all the different other types of yoga, right? Whether it's therapeutic, because every um, student that was in my class, they wanted to focus in on a different type of yoga. So that's the kind of yoga that they would teach whenever they would practice teaching on all of us. You done? And so that's what they did. Like I've had some students in my class um, classmates where they their focus was going to be Iyengar therapeutic style, others whose focus was going to be a similar uh, power yoga Ashtanga style, and others that wanted to do like child yoga kind of stuff, right? Yoga for kids. And then, so then what that looked like for me is I got exposed to a lot of different kinds, um, and but then like of course around that time that I was learning, I mostly focused on prenatal kind of yoga, right? Um, and, and so it really grew on my, because prenatal yoga kind of goes line, um, in alignment with restorative yoga. And so as I took the time to really gain appreciation for those types of yoga, it made it so then I was like, oh, well, let's just enjoy this.
Because it's the first time in my life that I'm doing this kind of yoga, but it's also the first time in my life that I think I would totally appreciate it. Um, because I could notice how much my body felt delighted and glad and like what some yoga teachers call like yummy kind of feeling in my body when I would do those kinds of yoga that was like super restorative, super slow, super that kind of thing. And then later on I found out as I was doing my training and from other yoga teacher guru people that I apparently um, the, the power yoga type of yoga styles tend to be popular, but yet they're kind of a sign of a very beginner yoga practitioner um, versus somebody that's able to um, get more into the meditative state of yoga and being able to hold certain poses for like, I don't know, hours at a time for some of these crazy guru people. Um, it That's like a, a symbol of like becoming like more of an advanced yogi kind of person. Um, so anyways, I don't know. I'm really delighted about this somatic yoga stuff right now. One, because it slows down my pace a lot. Like it's, it's even slower than Hatha. It's slower than therapeutic. It's slower than Yin. It is the slowest. You would think it's slothful, but it's actually the slowest yet the most effective yoga that I've ever had. You know, I can do another yoga session anytime doing other poses and stuff, just like kind of fast paced. But I could do the same poses in a somatic style and I get like 10 times more out of it. Like, and I always notice because of my, my sleep. My sleep is always of a sort where it's like, oh, I sleep and then I wake up and then I, that's like my check-in point where it's like, oh, what did I do to my body in the last 24 hours? And I notice when I wake up the next day. And so it's like, oh, well, that's nice. I'm really glad that, that this somatic yoga stuff is working for me. Um, and I was introduced to it because I was talking to the psychologist type of friend and he was talking about how this is something that he recommends a lot with his clients because he was like saying how a lot of them are dealing with trauma and things so that they, they need to de-stress, right? And so as I learned more about somatic yoga because he recommended it, I was learning how, oh, so when someone accesses somatic yoga, it allows for their nervous system to release, right? It actually taps into the nervous system level of being able to allow for what they call nerve flossing, right? Versus like muscle stretching. It's totally different. Like not totally, but you know what I mean? Muscles are different than nerves, right? So it was just so neat. I was like, oh, so this is like nervous system yoga. This isn't even muscular, skeletal style. This is nervous system. Like this is so cool. But then it also got me thinking, I'm like, oh, but isn't that all meditation? Isn't that all like breathing and like deep breathing, all of that kind of stuff? And it, and it kind of is, right? It's all about that like subtle, subtle movements to allow for big change. Like by small and simple things, great things come to pass. Anyways, I really love this one quote right now from one of my favorite talks recently that I've been studying about um, just this whole idea, the things of my soul. And the thing I like about it is that it is one of those things where it's like, he values the divinity within us and so must we. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Um, yeah, seriously, he values the divinity within me and so must I is what I'm getting from that. So I'm just so delighted because that means that, I don't know, it gives me this other edge of feeling like I can do this. I can totally do this. Okay, so what do I mean when I say I can do this? It's like, 
I have always, not always, but I, yeah, I am. I'm always trying to pair together, you know, when I was 15, I, I was exposed to two different worlds that rocked my world completely, right? I, one, became a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and two, started my yoga practitioner journey, right? To become some kind of yogi, yogi, master, yoga, master person, right? Um, and, and it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, I love these things. I love both of these things, you know? And, and so I just love that, that quote there from one of my favorite speakers right now that was talking about Jesus Christ loving my neighbor as thyself. And, and I love that because, because a lot of the time in the yoga world, we'll talk about like, oh, let the, the light within me be with you or the divine within me acknowledges the divine within you. And you know, those kinds of words and terminology. And sometimes I'm with different circles of people where there's some people that, that are totally unfamiliar with that kind of terminology. So they kind of like take a, take a second to just kind of register like, what does that really mean? You know, like they kind of kind of spooked almost to be like, oh, well, what, what, what does that mean? Like, what is this supposed to be some kind of mystical, magical, like, like voodoo, like witchcraft kind of language or, or what is there, is there even truth in that? But being able to hear this speaker, just say it like it is like, like he notices the divine within me. So it's time for me to notice it as well. Right. Basically. Right. And, and it's like loving our neighbors as ourselves, right? And it's, it's just that whole concept. As I was pondering this whole talk for myself, it was pretty clear that, you know, this, the man, the speaker, Elder Rasband, who was speaking um, about this topic, he had seven different points that, that were helping him to allow for the things of his soul to be in alignment with the gospel truth that he knew, right? And when he was talking, you know, as I was thinking about the three others, because he gave me the challenge to think of three more that I would add to my list, it became pretty clear that I was like, well, the thing that comes to mind automatically is a no-brainer like yoga, right? Yoga to Christ kind of yoga, right? The kind that, that I do in, in, in my practice as a devotion to Christ kind of thing, right? Like, like, I'll do my scriptures, I'll do my prayers, I'll do my songs and things like that, and I'll make sure I'll do this kind of practice stuff that really allows for me to take the time to ponder on the things of the Spirit in a different way than, than shocking my body into a different exercise, like a vigorous exercise would do, right? Like, I think there's a time and place for those kinds of things, and at the same time, I'm just so much more um, attracted to these kinds of exercises for my body, like yoga, that is just so much more um, everything. <laughs> I'm so biased. It's like grounding. It's it's subtle. It's beautiful. It's comfortable. It's honoring. It's respectful. It's um, I don't know. I just feel like. I feel a different level of deep beauty after I practice yoga than I feel when I like go and do a full out run or when I go and do whatever it is, right? Maybe because it's not really, like whenever I do yoga, yes, I'm exerting my body, but I'm doing it in such a balanced pace kind of way that in some ways I always call it like a simulation. I call it like when I'm on the mat, I'm doing a daily devotional simulation so that I can practice on the mat 
the way that I'm going to be able to perform in my day's work, right? If, if I can approach a pose that's going to be difficult for me, but I can do it with a, with a deeper breath, with a deeper focus and a deeper faith and deeper intention, I know I can get through that pose. I might still wobble, I might still fall on my face, but at least I can get back up again and try again. I know that if I keep tapping into my intention and my focus on my deeper breath and my deeper faith, it's going to work out. And, and it's the same way when I go into other poses that are a little bit more easy and a little bit more comfortable and a little more, more calm. It just gives me that, that side intention when I go and perform my daily tasks to be like, oh, well, if I already know that I'm a little bit off, how about I just like comfort myself a little bit more so that I don't have to feel extra discomfort at a time when I'm already at my edge, right? So that's like the same intention. It's like, if I already know coming onto my mat that I'm feeling pretty uncomfortable, I'm gonna have a chair available. I'm gonna have a few cushions. I'm gonna have a belt and I'm gonna have a few blocks and I'm gonna switch things up and, and adjust things to make sure that whenever I'm in a pose, if I feel overstretched, I can have those things to be like my, my foundational building blocks to comfort me and to allow for me to feel like I can get through this, right? And so those are some things that I feel like for me has been such a moving experience for me to, one, be interested in, in entering into my spring, you know, and uh, my inner spring, and then also just entering into this phase where I feel like I can I can just do this. I can just enter into a life like for example I was um I was learning from this one yoga teacher about the way that you know like as a woman we go through these cycles right the the day one of the cycle is basically during that inner winter phase of a woman's cycle and then around day five is when it turns into spring inner spring and then a week from then like you know let's just say day 12, for example, right? Like a week from then, then it'll be sprint. It'll be summer, right? Around. So, so, okay, sorry. I should clarify. Day one is menstruation time, right? So that's the inner winter. Then when menstruation ends around day five, let's just say that's when spring starts and that's pre-ovulation. Then summer starts when ovulation happens, right? When a woman is like fertile kind of time. And then um, when it's inner autumn is after that ovulation time, let's just say another week after that. And then that's in preparation again for the inner winter. So then the lady was teaching and she's saying, you can't always just like say, hey, this class is only for people menstruating or this class is only for people, you know, um, who are in the spring or in the autumn or in the summer of their their cycle, right? You can't just like exclude everyone that way. Um, However, I was kind of thinking like, but wouldn't that be so useful? to have like virtual yoga classes that were just tailored towards those kinds of focuses though. Like even as a pre-recorded audio, like video, right? I'm like, I have yet to find that, right? And so I'm like, man, I'm so excited. I'm just so excited to like build and to um, explore those kinds of things and build my virtual yoga studio thing. And it's gonna be so beautiful. And I'm like about to make my bio thing so I can have that set out. My friend is like laying out all the beautiful stuff, all the colors and photos and stuff like that. And and I'm just like so over the moon, just like feeling like this can be a legitimate thing. This can totally be a thing that can help push 
me forward and others in a way that they can be totally be a beautiful um, coming home to themselves kind of thing. And yeah, I'm excited.